unfiltered, uncensored, and unapologetic. This is the Retail War Zone Podcast. So, we're going to go ahead and get this thing started. So, this lovely lady here on the screen, this is Vanessa Holoko. Um, Thank you. She's going to spill some tea on some of her retail time. I do want to give a shout out, though. Um, if you look underneath uh, her video feed, you see her Twitter handle, and you also see the link to her website. And the link to her website will actually be in the description of the video as well. If you are into chainmail jewelry or beadwork, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. This lady has more patience than I do. <laughs> it is some cool stuff. So... <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. So, so thank you for joining us tonight. Um, of course. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get to moving. Okay, sure. So my name is Vanessa Lilko. Um, I I worked in retail. I mean, I've been working kind of like front facing retail for most of my life. Um, I ran my own business full time for about seven years. I still do it but part-time and during that time I just did art fairs around the country so I was I had to like create like a 10 by 10 um space like a under a tent at these art fairs I would sell I would do direct sales and then move on to the next city and the new next art fair um my life went through some kind of major changes in 2017 and 2018 so I ended up um getting a retail job in 2019 and then um, ended up walking out of that retail job in 2021 um, in June, uh, which was one of the better decisions I've made in my life. Um, I'm I'm generally a creative person. Uh, I I'm not great with authority unless I really respect the people I'm working for. Um, which I mean, I'll get into more of that later. How that became yeah. a problem. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So you were basically working for yourself, and then you went into retail, right? Yeah, and I can see yes. where the authority thing would, would come in because, by God, it's 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 hard having to go to work for somebody else. <laughs> it is. And, like, at, at the time, I was really lucky because the company I ended up working for, and I'm not sure if, I mean, anybody who knows me knows exactly who I'm going to be talking about. I'm not sure if I feel like naming them yet. But um, I was really excited to work for that company because I was a fan of their products. Um, I had been a, a fan of their products for several years, and I was excited to, like, work for the company. I mean, when I got interviewed, I'm pretty sure I was hired because I could name drop like various sections of the company's website because I'd been on it for so long. Like I was interested in the projects that they were doing and and how they kind of developed their toys. Um, so so it was exciting for me. Um, and I had a lot of respect for the owner of the company, um, even if, uh, you know, it's like managers. I don't know how companies end up hiring like managers for retail stores. They typically end up being the worst people on the planet. Um but I kind of put up with it because my coworkers were fantastic and the ownership of the company was really yeah, great. So a lot, the one thing I've noticed a lot is, you know, I, I tried to be the, the different kind of manager and I was always kind of like an outlier anyway. And higher ups didn't really mm -hmm. <laughs> like me too much because, you know, I, I didn't exactly, <laughs> you know, play the yeah. game like I was supposed to. But you're right. There are right. some companies out there where the message gets lost from the head office. It's like, you know, as soon as it gets down to like a regional level, it's like they forget. 
you know, what the company's trying to do or, or whatnot. And you got these yahoos running around, you know, bossing people around, pointing, pointing, pointing. Uh, like Iron Maiden just said, blissful ignorance. <laughs> yes, right. I, I mean, she was a, a, a terrible human being, so she wasn't blissful, but um, ignorant, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, and since I know, you know, what the company was, uh, I assume this kind of ties into with, you know, you also do crochet. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's another thing about me. I am an only child. Uh, an only grandchild, I needed a lot of things to kind of keep me occupied as a kid. And thankfully, my mom bought me yarn and beads and all sorts of things. So so I've been, cro- I crochet, I knit. Um, one of the awesome things when I started working at this company that like managed to come through. So, so they were an online company only, and then they started opening up retail stores. And our store was the first, became the first permanent location. And... Um, from owner leadership was saying, listen, uh, if you're, you know, we don't want you on your phones, but if you want to read or if you want to crochet or if you want to knit, um, while you're on company time, if there's nobody in the store, go ahead. And that to me was fantastic because I, I hate sitting around and doing nothing. And I always want to do something. I hate doing busy work. Like if I, if I've cleaned the store, I don't need to dust the shelves right. 10 times a day. Um, and ultimately, when I became manager of that location, that's absolutely how I treated my team. Like, okay, is there work to be done? Great, do the work. Is there no work to be done? Cool, do whatever you want. If there's nobody in the store, there's no reason for you to just sit and be bored. Um, nobody's getting paid enough for that. Uh, and and I, I have a, a certain kind of philosophy of like human life and human existence where I want people to be... Um, like, like, like again, I, I kind of feel like if you have a choice to, to make someone's life easier or make their life harder, like make their lives easier, you know, life is too short to get kind of bogged down in like micromanaging. Um, so, yeah, if people wanted to crochet, if they wanted to knit, it was kind of amazing because we would share patterns with each other and talk about the creative projects we were working on oh, throughout cool. the day. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it was great. You know, kind of to your point you know the way i always ran stores and the reason why i wasn't really a crowd favorite sometimes because of it is i would tell my staffs like look there's gonna be days we don't do shit i mean we're just gonna be lazy or you know we're we're gonna have a good time we're gonna hang out and you know all i ever asked of them was like okay you know we'll do that and that's cool and that's how i want it to be but the you know the catch to it is when i go let's go, let's go, you know, and, and, and that's how I always operated because, you know, I used to say that you spend more time with these staffs and these stores than you do with your own family most of the times. So you need to treat it like that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you probably have the same experience I did then because I was very similar with that. If there was nothing to do, I did not care. I wasn't going to like, like I, I was on the manager calls for this company and some of the other managers at the stores were running their sales associates and their key holders through um, uh, uh, role-playing exercises to, to try to close. We're selling toys, first of all. And they're trying to like teach these people who are getting 11 to $12 an hour how to be like closers for, for upselling on toys. And my staff was incredibly smart, incredibly thoughtful, um, 
And I, I wasn't going to force them to do that kind of nonsense because they also knew if there's work to be done, we have to get the work yeah. done. Our, yeah, yeah. And if you respect people like that and you give them the freedom to be people when there's nothing to do, I, I just feel like everybody was happier in that environment and all the work got done and got done at an like, ex- excellent right. level. Like there wasn't, nobody was slacking when there were well, things with role to be plays, done. Though, the, the one thing that always, you know, fascinated me is role plays are only effective if you genuinely enjoy what you're doing. And case in point, right. I was a manager for Guitar Center for several years. So, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a musician. I know oh, cool. I was surrounded by musicians and we all loved all right. everything that was there. So role play there was hilarious, you know, because <laughs> it, it was, it was, you know, hey, give us five add-ons for this or blah, blah, blah. But if you're not in that kind yeah. of environment, man, there's a lot of people that just freeze up during role plays. You know, they're not comfortable with it and it winds up making them feel terrible. And and I do think it's kind of nonsense, you know, especially in your case. I mean, like you said, you're selling toys that you would think that would kind of sell itself. Oh, okay. So first of all, thank you, because they did. And this was something that was really frustrating because, again, I kind of got in on the ground floor of the retail operation for this company. And then I started watching as they became more corporate as time went on. And of course, they hired a regional manager, they hired an HR person, and they hired a bunch of people who didn't know what it was like on the floor and started making company policies that made it clear that they didn't know what their customer base was, right? Because it's it's a joyful space with cute toys. And people come in and they're excited. And if they like it, mm-hmm. they're going to buy something. Or if they see something that they know someone will like, they'll buy it. There really isn't a ton of upsell. And there weren't a ton of add-ons either. And again, that always felt gross. Uh, from my days of running my own business, I knew that relationships matter more than hard sales. Thank you. If I could develop a relationship... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, like from from just a human perspective, it's a better way to operate. But also from a business perspective, it makes more sense because I've had personal relationships with customers that ended up turning into like hundreds to thousands of dollars of sales over the years. Whereas if I like pushed a hard sell with them initially, I never would have seen those people again, you know. And so I loved like going into the store and we would have regulars and they would come in and they would chat and they would want to see the new toys and they'd talk about their collections. And some of the people had names for all their different toys and they would show me photos on their phone. It was beautiful, right? Relationships. And again, and again, that's why the role playing thing to me was so offensive because like all you have to do is create space for people to be human and talk about the toys, Everybody who worked there loved them, collected them, and uh, could talk fluently about them. I didn't need to run them through role-playing. I just had to give them space where they knew they would be human, they wouldn't be micromanaged, and they wouldn't have somebody breathing down their neck. And they just shone when they were on the show floor. Like it's, I feel like so many managers have just this desperate need to control combined with this like fundamental insecurity in who they are as, as people because... Like if you can, if you trust yourself and you trust who you've hired, then you can trust them to do what they need to do. And especially if you're very clear about what, what are your expectations, right? This is what needs to get done today. This is what I'm expecting today. They're just going to thrive. Like you don't, uh, I don't know. You don't need to breathe down people's necks. The more healthy and happy the environment, the more thriving your team will be. 
Exactly. 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 Like, like it was so funny for me to be on these sales goal, like these uh, manager calls and they're talking about sales goals and having competitions with their staff. I, if we had a, a busy week, I wouldn't like reward people who sold the most. I would bring in donuts or I would bring in pizza just to thank them for their time and their energy. Because again, when I, I didn't do the hiring, because anytime I did hiring, I would always hire people at the upper end of whatever the pay range was. Some people on staff are only making $14, $14.50 an hour. Like that's not enough for what they were dealing with, especially during the pandemic. So if I could like bring in something to let them know that they were appreciated and let them know that they meant something to me, like, like that's all that mattered to me. I didn't care about the numbers and the numbers were great anyway. Like that oh, just used to make me so mad. It's like, why are we pushing this? Like, just let people be people and let the toys be toys. And they're going to well, sell One themselves. of the comments in the, the chat, uh, to your point says, that's a great hiring ad. Come exist as a human and thrive in our environment. <laughs> Exactly. This is what happens when you get an anti-capitalist manager. It's like, how can we have a wonderful space? We all have to work in order to pay our bills, but how can we make it as easy as possible on the soul, right? Like that's that's always what was leading and my decision. And, and, and that's the thing too, you know, given the, the people that you were working with in that location, everybody being passionate about what you were, you were doing and, you know, fans of the brand, so to speak. You know, those are if, yeah. if you've got a staff of people like that, those are the people you should leave alone because the, the, it's like, you know, if, if you build it, right. they will come. I mean, the sales are going to be there. But that's because, that's sell, exactly you know, I've always, yes. I was always told, you know, selling is the transference of enthusiasm. Well, if if you've got a staff full of oh, people yes. that love what they're pitching, there's all the enthusiasm you yes. need. That's exactly it. Yes. Like, like so much of sales too is about like permission. So if somebody is in the store and they're thinking about it and you're kind to them, and again, you're enthusiastic with them, that gives them permission to do the thing that they wanted to do anyway, but for whatever reason, don't necessarily feel like they should or could, you know, it's like, no, buy a toy, feel good. Like, here you go. Enjoy. Um, and, and again, that was always great. If somebody came in and they had a terrible day, and they saw a cute toy and they're like, they just like picked it up off the wall and they're like, I need this. I'm like, I will help bring this up for you. Do you need a bag? Yeah. What do you need today? Like, well, I mean, it's like, you yeah. know, all of us at, at, at the guitar center, I mean, we loved what we were doing, but they, they ran us through all these trainings and whatnot. And I, you know, it's ingrained in my head forever, you know, Greek qualify pitch and close, you know, and, and, right. and, you know, yeah. but most people, when they come into places like that or where you were working, you, they've already made up their mind whether or not they're going to spend some money before they walk in the door. And and I think exactly. a lot of times yes. that when these yeah. companies really push the sales technique that you discourage people to spend money because people find it pushy. That That's exactly it. And especially too, like again, with toys and especially toys that have like an adult collector base, these are all thoughtful nerds. They don't want people talking to them unless they initiate a conversation. Like, like you can just read that off of customers. That was another thing that made me furious. By the way, since I, I quit this job, I'll just say I would be on the manager calls and I would just lie. I would just lie my ass off and say that I was running my, my staff through trainings and whatever because our numbers were always consistently great. And I'm like, no, we're not doing any but, of this. But, but you tell your staff now if they ask, you know, <laughs> we're doing these things. <laughs> yeah, of course. That, that's that's what I would say to them. I would get off these manager calls. I'm like, listen, 
this is what they want us to do. I am never making you do this. But if anyone asks, this is nice. what we're doing. Uh, Irish Connection <laughs> asked, what do you think about HR departments? Oh, <laughs> oh boy. They only exist to um, to support the company and to prevent the company from getting lawsuits, especially when they're doing when managers are doing illegal things and when staff that they are protecting for whatever God knows reason um, they have no they have no desire to protect the team the people on the ground on at a retail location. They're basically only interested in keeping you quiet and getting you fired. Um, if you are potentially going to cause a problem for oh, them. I, I have to address this yeah. comment. Uh, hybrid hooligan says my conference calls involve me and my manager using it as snack time. Correct. <laughs> it was, it was either snack yes. time or doodle on a piece of paper time. Oh my, I, I would love it because I would have to like go in the back room and take these calls and I would, and, and eventually there were like 20 other managers on these calls. So they would go for like an hour, hour and a half. I hate meetings anyway. Um, and so, so yeah, I would just have it on, on speaker and like snack or like watch something on YouTube. I was, I was over it. I'm like, none of this, I go, I've been doing, I've been working here for two years. I've been running a business for seven. I know how to keep a store afloat. Like this is all nonsense. And it's getting like highly corporatized because the people that they have hired to be above us, like need to prove that they know what they're doing and why they're getting paid as much as they are. And it's like anybody with any other kind of like serious knowledge of how to run a retail operation. Now, just thinks that's a joke. My last so, big box job, yeah. let me tell you, I struggled. There were very, very many phone calls where I almost went to sleep. Because <laughs> you're out in the sales floor just whipping ass in this big store with no staff and you're tired and you're sweaty and you've got this emergency conference call and you sit there yeah. and get still and it's this monotone voice going over bullshit yep. you don't care about and all of a sudden things start getting a little yep. foggy and, and, and you start dozing yeah, exactly. off. Of course. <laughs> of course, of course. Because again, so many of these meetings, they could be an email. You know, like, or, or submit a form online. Like, what is this ultimately doing? The initial like manager calls were really sweet because it was just like four managers and we'd all just check in and we just kind of talk about our weeks and it was nice, you know, because again, the toys sold themselves. They always sold themselves. It didn't really require this kind of hardcore attitude, but as they decided to like expand their retail empire, it all became about like sales goals and conversion rates and uh, uh, items per transaction and uh, and all these other like key performance I hate indicators. I hate KPIs so much. I hate them so much because they don't, they don't, again, there's no way to capture the importance of developing a relationship with somebody, right? Like, and I even brought this up on the call because like back in March, my store was number one in the company for three weeks in a row. And in sales and even in like places that had like much bigger square footage stores. So I started throwing my weight around. And again, I'm, I, I, I hate KPIs. I hate the UPT, all of this nonsense, all these metrics don't really measure the important thing again, which is developing relationships. Well, because those metrics are created by some asshole in an office who's never been in the store. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. This was the wildest thing. This was the wildest thing. They hired this regional manager who who had been like the director of retail at some I won't I'm being trying to be vague, but at this fancy hotel in New York City and somehow failed his way up into becoming the regional manager at Squishable. And (laughs) I said it. I don't care. Well, all right. There we go. (laughs) Ha ha. You can't blame me. I didn't do it. I did it. Oops. Um, he had a background in visual merchandising, not in retail, and like was using these terms and these words. It's like, did you like take an online workshop to try to prove that you know something about retail? Because being systematic like this, this is not visionary. This is not forward thinking. This is like so incredibly small minded and and narrow and like. What are you really doing here? What are you really doing here? And 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 especially if you're not on the floor and don't deal with customers every day and don't even know the product. Like, what are you really doing? Well, you know, so. the, the big red flag is when you get the, the new guys coming in, you know, and all you hear is KPI, performance metrics, EBITDA, EBITDA. Yeah. You know, they know all the financial lingo. But right. if you if you tried to task them with opening a box and putting some stock out, they they disappear because they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to do it exactly. That was an issue too when they brought in a new they brought in an HR person, and there were some issues that needed to be addressed. So they needed an HR person. But what they decided to do is it, like enact a progressive discipline. Policy. Oh, that's never good. And- <laughs> Never good. Never good. Because again, it never applies to the people who need it the most, which are managers that are being abusive to team members. And that that was the issue. That was the ultimate reason I walked out. Because after a year of dealing with an abusive manager and documenting everything, photos, videos. Yeah, let's get into the T. <laughs> so, um, uh, go ahead. Yes. Tell, tell us about it. So, oh boy, this was this was a long time coming because working during a pandemic was um, it was stressful in a way that I did not process immediately. Um, it was really it, it it wore on me. Like I was having these weird like physical symptoms, and then ended up getting on Lexapro because I was so freaked out by like the weird physical stuff that was happening. When I went to the doctor, I had a pulse of 140. Um, and the doctor was like, Hey, uh, are you interested in anti-anxiety <laughs> meds? And I was like, give me whatever pills will make this stop. <laughs> understand? So, right. Because, because a, a friend of mine it kind of ex- put it into context for me. Like it, Working during a pandemic and working in public during a pandemic and then also taking public transportation to my job during a pandemic and being around people who don't care about masks and who, you know, have have no interest in following the rules because of their weird uh, uh, authority issues with their parents, you know, um, it, it like everything in your body is telling you go home, be away from this, and you have to go into it and deal with people and deal with people getting increasingly aggressive um, and and rude, right? Because I, like on the one hand, I feel lucky that I so we got furloughed in March of last year, and then they got a PPP loan, so we got brought back 
in June. And I, so I worked for a year during the pandemic and, um, people were people who weren't out in public and weren't dealing with people on a daily basis. They were basically just going feral, like, like entitled, uh, aggressive, so much so rude. Right. The kind people were incredibly kind. Like, I feel like whatever side you are on, you know, like, like I remember there was this one mom and daughter that came in and they had masks and they had face shields and I thanked them so much. And I said, Hey, whatever you need, you let me know you stay here as long as you want. Like this is a safe space for you now. They're like, well, we know it's hard for you. So we want to do whatever we can. And it like, some people were so incredibly gracious. And then like other people, I had to shout out of the store because they refused to wear masks. Um, and especially our location was like a, a, a center for, uh, it was a tourism destination. So we were getting people from all over the country and we were getting people who were trying to sneak in, not wearing masks, trying to pretend that they were vaccinated when the vaccines finally started rolling out. Um, and initially the company was incredibly supportive and of us. And then... And some uh-huh. That's always how it starts. You think they're on your side. They're not. Um, yeah. So they initially were incredibly like supportive and sent us signs and, you know, let us enforce um, social distancing. And, uh, you know, they sent us all this like PPE gear, you know, like we were like protected. Right. And then um, and then I, I ended up I was so stressed out. I ended up taking this three week vacation to the Pacific Northwest and saw some family I hadn't seen in a really long time and, and came back and, and it was like, I was in a different world, you know, that people just didn't want to wear, people wanted to act like the pandemic was done and I don't blame them. It's been a real frustrating, uh, almost two years. Um, but working in a retail environment and trying to keep my staff safe, right? Because, I had this incredible team of really thoughtful, really anxious people who wanted to do well. And so, of course, I feel like my job is to give them the environment that can let them do their job and to feel safe in their job. And and then and we're just getting slammed. You know, we're having these incredibly busy weeks and and just this um this like like all these people coming in and 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 buying toys because <laughs> I guess they you know need comfort during a pandemic. Well, you know, um, real quick, you know, you bring up a, a good yeah. point because you know it, it became quite evident that the wealth was more important than the health because all yeah. of a sudden retailers and businesses, you know instead of trying to enforce something, it was a suggestion and they were never going to turn anyone away because they wanted whatever cash was in their pocket. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I remembered when the store initially was shut down, I was, I was running the store that day and I got a call from the owner and he, you know, he closed down other locations and and then said like like okay your store will close close tomorrow. This was March. It was either sixteenth or seventeenth of last year. And I remember getting off that call and he he called me back uh, immediately and was like forget it. It's just toys. Close the store. It's not worth it. You know. And I think that's why I worked for the company for so long because it it really felt like he cared about us and he cared about our health. Um, but then 
Illinois became the first state to drop uh, the mandate, the mm-hmm. mask mandate. Um, and then it just became uh, optional for well, businesses. That's because, you know, people like the uh, our mine and blame tags, real good friends, the National Retail Federation, you know, they started lobbying yeah. these business, you know, these governors in these states, <clears throat> you know, right. to to abandon that stuff. I mean, and exactly. which was which yes. was terrible. And you know, uh, even sadder yes. is the fact that you're selling merchandise that is the the sole purpose of that merchandise existing is to give someone joy. And you've got people right. coming in that building being assholes. <laughs> it's. I mean, this is the thing too, because it's like, I it, you know, essential workers got parades and got. Um, you know, got got all this this accolade, like, oh, you're making the sacrifice, you're doing all this amazing stuff. And yes, they were, but there were also these, um, like, the unessential essentials, mm-hmm. right? Or the essential unessentials, where people wanted to act normal, and so they needed like sacrificial lambs who could like work behind the counters at these retail locations, so they could shop and act like things were normal, and like the they they. I think they had a certain level of disdain because they needed us to be there to sell them goods so they could pretend everything was normal. Um, but the, I mean, there was no, like, we were all just like, put on, put them on the chopping block. We don't care. You know, the, the number of like retail people and, and um, you know, restaurant folks who got sick and have died during the pandemic because people want to act like things are normal. Um, and, and they, they want their toys now and they don't want to have to wear masks. The, um, the, the one thing I, I, the pandemic showed yeah. a lot of people was how selfish uh, as a society we have become. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's so, I, I, my perspective is is very different, I think, than a lot of people I know. Because, like, my grandparents grew up in Poland during World War II. And they were, they were taken by Nazis wow. and in forced labor camps. Yeah. So I always grew up with a sensibility of taking care of each other, the importance of social services, you know, like, cause I, you know, I, again, just my grandparents know what it's like to be starving, know what it's like to be prisoners of war. Like that was a very present thing that I grew up with and stories that I grew up with. So that has affected my sensibility when interacting with anybody um, and then also, especially after the pandemic, anytime I have to go to the grocery store or go anywhere, I am as gracious as possible. I'm in and out as quickly as possible. I keep distance from everybody. Like it is, it is so difficult just to exist right now. And when people are selfish and entitled and cruel, especially over nothing, it's, it's, it's so offensive to every it's fiber like they of my start being. A fight. I mean, I mean, it's, it's just yeah. like, come on, man! You 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 just here buying like some toys? What what, what you know? You know, you're buying toys. Well, and this, I'm, I know I'm jumping around a lot. So, so kind of the precipitating event for me leaving, and actually for most of my staff leaving the store, um, was one of my coworkers um, who is still a friend of mine, and uh, you know, again, I'm like a six foot tall white lady. And so people would try some stuff with me, but again, also as manager, like I'd kick them out if they were getting, if they were getting too rough and they weren't because I would just stand up, you know? Um, but she's like small Hispanic. And, and of course, entitled white people do not like brown people giving them rules. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so this woman tried to come into the store without wearing a mask. This was before the mandate lifted. So we're still in that, you know, masks are required right. territory. So I don't know how they even got into the mall in the first place without wearing a mask. That's the second thing I'll rant about because no, nobody was enforcing anything, right? Your first line of defense is the front door of the mall. And if the security is not doing anything, you know, then it's like yes, Katie it's bore the door at that for point. all of us. Yeah, exactly. So we always had somebody at the door. We had someone behind the counter. So my coworker is at the door and this woman tries to come in without a mask. She says, you know, we, we require masks in the store. Well, I'm vaccinated. And, and she goes, okay, well, let me see your card. I left it in the car. And it's like, okay, first of all, no, you didn't because I'm vaccinated. I keep that in my wallet because if somebody needs to see it, right. I want to show it to them. Right. For, second of all, anybody who was vaccinated always had a mask on them because they cared about not spreading illness. So it was never an issue. Side point. Um, so and and the, and so she's like, well, it's in my car. And she's like, well, I'm sorry. I have no way of proving that you're vaccinated. You can't come into the store. And so then this woman called her a fucking bitch. That's usually how it goes. Yeah, exactly. And and it was my day off. And she called me up crying. And she's like, Vanessa, I can't do this anymore. And I was like, I'm so sorry this happened. I was out in the suburbs. I was like, close up the store. Just go home. I understand. And then I go in the next day. And before I go to the store, I stop and I get breakfast. And I end up talking with the lady behind the counter. And she's like, how are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure I'm going to lose my entire staff this week. Wow. <laughs> Because uh, I I knew like like my coworker who quit who walked out kind of gave me a hint like I'm pretty sure my other team member is going to be given notice like so I'm chatting with her and she's like what happened so I mentioned I was like a customer called her a fucking bitch she's like oh yeah uh, yesterday a woman called me a black bitch and tried to hit me with a chocolate chip bagel wow chocolate yeah. chip bagel assault. <laughs> Just tried to assault her. Yeah, it apparently made some news story somewhere because um, she was talking about it. And we were just sharing more stories. I, again, you were talking about like this selfishness that people have. People who work retail have, um, I think, a an understanding of human nature that like we never wanted to have, right? Again, the depth of selfishness in some people, the depth of cruelty, the depth of entitlement, the petulance, like the immaturity, like like a year of this, you know, and 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 a year of watching it get steadily worse. Well, it's it's you know, we've talked about this a lot, you know, this whole customer is always right bullshit, you know, it, 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 that got yeah, out of no. hand and then the pandemic happened and the businesses said, okay, we're just going to turn a blind eye to all the, the health and whatnot, because we want your money. And it made them more, right. like you said, more feral, more entitled. It's like, right. my, right. at this point, you might as well just give them the damn farm because you're letting them do whatever the fuck they want. Whatever they want. And this was another thing that pissed me off too. So this regional manager on the manager call, because back in March of this year, people were going wild, right? Wild. And they were getting aggressive and they were making my staff uncomfortable. And so I brought it up and I said, hey, I just want to let all of you know, again, because we're a tourist destination, we're dealing with major mm -hmm. crowds. We're selling 10 grand of toys a week. Like it's, there's a lot happening here, right? 
And so I bring up on the call, like, hey, I just want to, I don't know if this is happening in other stores. I just want to warn you, like, people are getting wild, right? And they're getting really aggressive and they're getting rude and they're getting abusive. And the regional manager says, well, I'm not, I'm not saying it's your store, but I'm seeing on the, the cameras that um, a lot of people aren't wearing masks on the store, on the, the floor and don't give them any opportunity to, to not wear a mask and to criticize what you're doing. And I was, I felt like I'd been slapped in the face because like the aggressiveness, the rudeness, the, the volume of customers, all of that was happening on Saturdays. And I was, I was scheduling everyone on Saturdays because it was so crazy. We needed all hands on deck. And secondly, my staff was so paranoid about COVID and so scared of COVID. None of them were ever taking their masks off on the store floor. They would go into the back room to like drink anything or eat anything. Like that was not happening. So the victim blaming and just brushing it under the rug, I was furious. I was furious about that. Um, Because again, I know my team. I know what they're taking care of, right. what they're doing. Um, and But because he didn't want to appear like he, I, I think he didn't want to appear like he didn't have control mm-hmm. over the situation. So he was just trying to blame us. And it's like, no, you don't have control over the situation. People are going crazy. Like we're living in a yeah. crazy town right now. Like crazy, <laughs> like unstable. Like I said, weird parental issues. Like, like there is so... The nature of the human spirit and the, the depths of darkness, like anybody who works in retail can tell you stories and has horror stories. I mean, we do anyway, but especially the, with pandemic, the pandemic basically was like much. our real life zombie apocalypse. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what you could see, too, because like so many people I knew again, they were like donating to mutual aid. They were offering help to people, like whatever they needed. And then, and then it felt, it felt like we were just splitting into like two different worlds where like there were people who cared about each other and, and, and were kind to each other and wanted to make sure everybody was safe and secure. And then another group of people that just like, if they, if they weren't just like outright looting, they were going to act like all bets were off. Right. Like we are, it's Thunderdome baby. Like let's fight. And I'm like, again, these are toys. Yeah, it's not that These serious. I know. Hey. It's not that serious. Nothing. Not, it, again, it, it always kind of struck me, too, as like, oh, you clearly have never lost anything really important. Because if you had, you would have some modicum of perspective about what is happening it, it, right now. Some You, you, you really could just break it up. <laughs> it's really just as simple as the selfish versus the unselfish. That that's, that's, that's it. really exactly. at its core what what it is now. As far as you obviously don't seem to be a fan of the DM, and I know you had mentioned to me some some things about like i nines and stuff like that. So, oh lord, okay. So this was so I so so like I said, one of my team members quits that Monday. I get into work. The second team member, she puts in her notice at the end of the day. She's like, you know what? I can't come back in. It's like I totally understand. And so I, I emailed the, the owner of the company, and then I also emailed HR. So my former manager, she, uh, she was the worst part of that job. Um, she was abusive and gaslighting and rude. Now, was she and, a district manager uh, or a store manager? No, okay. she was a store manager. But then she got like promoted, 
and she started opening mm-hmm. up stores. And so then, um, so, so I became manager and as soon as I became manager, I changed the entire store because the back room used to be a mess. I took again, photos and videos of all of that. She left all of our I nines completely unsecure in the back room for over a year. And we kept saying like, yeah, I really got to send these in. Oh, wait. Oh, so not only were they sitting back there, she was supposed to send those off. Of course, because they need to go back to home office, like within a couple days of them being signed. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like legally, you have to At do it. At a time where way. identity theft is at an all time high. And one of my team members had her identity stolen in January and was really upset about the fact that she found her I 9 back there. And just social security number, just any anybody could have walked into that back room and stolen all of our. Uh, IDs. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, that that's, that's yeah. pretty bad. And again, well, that's it. And it just showed, I think, her general lack of respect for now, all of us. Did, like at, at that point, yeah, you had a district manager, right? Well, did they ever yes. do any kind of audits or anything like that? No, because the store, the company had expanded so. They, it was probably coming, but the company had expanded so much that they like they were kind of building as they expanded right like building infrastructure as they expanded so so there were never internal audits there was no uh oversight really um there was no oversight at all like she we had a store camera hold up and Uh, speaking of camera somebody (laughs) just said well the dm must not have had a camera on the on on pile (laughs) Well, this is a funny story. So, um, so my manager, we had moved locations and we didn't have good Wi-Fi. And so the cameras were associated with like a data plan. And uh, I- I'm guessing because like she didn't want to ask the owner for like better internet. I think because she was nervous about like asking for things, even though that's her job, like right. to make the store better. Um so I'm pretty sure that there was no camera feed to home office for at least a year because she just didn't do anything wow. with the internet. Yeah. Wow. So, right. So from a safety right. standpoint, let's uh, say you got robbed or whatnot, there was the pinch. Exactly. So you guys didn't have right. like a video recorder there? Everything was straight to home office? If everything was straight. As far as oh, I know, everything sucks, was straight man. to home Y'all office. Y'all lucky yeah. nobody got hurt. That exactly. Well, one time there was uh, a dude who was either on drugs or drunk and in the mall and hit on one of my coworkers. And I shouted that guy like as far away as I could. And of course, security did nothing because mall security never does anything. Um, but yeah, that was it. That, that, that was the worst I think that we've experienced. Um, but yes, thankfully the, there wasn't a bigger issue. So how many, at the time you were there, how many locations did they have? I think like 20, something like that. By the time I left, they had 20. When I started, it right. was just four. Um, I mean, yeah. it does sound kind of unfortunate because it sounds like, you know, with the amount of respect you had for the owner and actually for the owner to, you know, re- yeah, even though it was a smaller operation at the time, you know, there were only four stores, to have the owner actually in yeah. contact with you guys is actually kind of impressive. I, I, again, like I said, so much respect for him because he... Like, he clearly cared about the company, at least initially. 
really cared about the company, cared about us. It, it, it seemed that way, that he really wanted us to have like a happy work environment. He didn't want it to be like a, a kind of an oppressive uh, space that a lot of retail spaces are. I remember him even saying on a manager call, like, hey, I care a lot about focus on sales, but I want people to have a good experience and a good experience with the brand, right? So again, like happy team, happy customers, good sales. Like I, I think that's a pretty simple equation personally. Um, a lot of people don't, um, don't understand that or try to micromanage. I think to just feel self-important. Like it, it's it, it, the basics are so, so, simple. so what um, was the final straw yeah. that made you be like, F this, I'm out. Well, so I, I, so I ended up losing two staff members in two days and it was just me and one other. <laughs> and, and uh, so I emailed home office. I was like, hey, people are getting really aggressive. Um, somebody called a team member a fucking bitch. It's getting dangerous here. And, um, and I said, I don't, and I just said, I was honest. I was like, I don't know what to do. Um, and, then, and then because I, I again, I like lost half my staff. I was like, you know what? I, and, excuse me, I'd had a conversation with the new HR person the previous Friday. And she had said to me that she wants... She wants the stores to be places that people go to and they, she doesn't want anybody to, to dread going into work. Right. right? And it, at least to me seemed very sincere. So all the things that I had gathered about my former manager, um, the photos, the videos, everything, I mm -hmm. sent it over to her um, and, and said like, Hey, you made it clear. Like I, you seem like you actually care about people and you want them to have a good work environment when this person was in charge, it was a horrible work environment and she was abusive to us and rude and gaslighting and, and, you know, never got us our schedules more than probably like a day before the start of the work week. Um, and, and, and I sent everything over to her and that was on Monday. And so then I, I emailed home office and I said, I don't know what to do. And then it took them forever to get back to me. And they said, well, you know, cause I said, Illinois is lifting the mandate. So it's going to be even more dangerous here now. And he said, well, um, if, if everyone's vaccinated in the store, I'm okay with you just not confronting people who come in without masks. And I'm like, all right, well, it's been super busy and I prioritized my entire staff getting vaccinated before me. I'm not vaccinated yet. This isn't going to work. Um, and, and he said, okay, I'll have the regional manager call you to talk about a solution. And then, and so all this happened Monday and Tuesday, nobody calls me and Wednesday, nobody calls me and, and nobody calls me, but a safe gets delivered to the store. So clearly HR has read mm -hmm. my email about the fact that the I-9s were left exposed and there's no security. So they, they send a safe, but no message with it, nothing else. And then Thursday, no response, no emails, no contact from anyone. And I just thought, I'm not going into work. I'm not doing this. I'm not sacrificing myself again for this. So I just, I emailed, I emailed everyone. And I said, um, it's, I go, no one has responded to me. You've clearly read my emails because you sent a safe to the store because I took photos and videos right. of that too. And, uh, and I said, it's very clear that, that your values no longer align with mine. Um, I'm, I'm, I quit now, do you, do you immediately. Feel like, so, and this is something that I've always felt like in even bigger companies that the the buck stops yeah. 
with usually a regional manager. And what I mean by that is right. they're kind of like the stopgap f- to keep bad information going any further up the chain. So would you think mm-hmm. that, you know, everything that you had sent to HR, you know, between HR and like a regional, they did everything in their power to make sure the owner did not know? Oh, that's a good question. I I really have no idea um, because there had been complaints about this manager before. And I actually lodged some of those complaints directly with the owner because there was this whole mess where she ended up hiring a new manager for one of the new stores. He had a horrible time. She was He felt so abused by her. He nearly quit. He didn't like she didn't teach him anything about how to be a manager. I had to teach him everything about being a manager. And so, like, I ended up bringing something up. Also, when one of my uh, when a former member had left, I had done an exit interview with her and passed that along to HR. He read that, like, and talked about it and and again, thanked me for sending him that information. Because he wanted the company to be better and he wanted, you know, people to be happy in the stores. So, again, I thought for the longest time that they really did want this company to be different and better and a good place to work. So, so I really have no idea how far up the chain that information went, who saw it, who didn't, um, because nobody communicated anything with right. me um, for what I thought was a fairly serious issue. Um Again, they just sent us safe to the store. You know, you bring up a good point when you're talking about the prior manager trying to train somebody. Trying to teach yeah. somebody to be a manager, whereas it really sounds like you're trying to teach people how to be leaders. Absolutely. Absolutely. That that was a thing, too, that, like, when I took over the store, anytime one of my team members came to me and said like, Hey, can we change this in the back room? Hey, can we change the organization somehow? Hey, can we move this? And I, I, again, like whatever makes you happier working here, that's what I want. If there's a better system, if there's a more efficient system, I might be like in charge, but that doesn't mean I know everything. So do you have a better idea? Let's do it. And, and they all felt empowered to be working there because they had ownership, they had stakes in the layout of the store, in the the direction of Correct. the store, and and that I did very much in opposite to how the former manager ran things because she just wanted everything her way. It's like, well, everybody's checked out. Like morale was so low, and even like even with the pandemic, morale was high at my store until everybody was just like hit a break. Yeah, and point. obviously that had nothing uh, to do with you. Yeah. It had everything to do with society. Just you know, turning sour. Oh my God. Just like unraveling. Yeah. At the and I'm sure yeah. you probably had people thinking, well, my God, I'm working in a toy store. Why is this so miserable now? That exactly, exactly. Like the, again, it, it's so, it, it was so wild to me that it, again, like retail is never easy. It's never been easy, but being able to interact with people and having so many fun interactions, like that kind of makes yep. the job fun, right? You're, you're talking to people, you're meeting new people. And again, we would get, before the pandemic, we got customers from all over the world. And my favorite customers were this family from France that came by several times because it was the daughter's favorite place. And I spoke to them in my high school. French. Oh, wow. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
and then and then you just have all this cruelty and all this stress and again people who are worried about their well-being because they don't know if the person who is walking in without a mask is care is is sick is un- asymptomatic like or doesn't care you know like like it was it, it was such a, a stressful environment and it it shouldn't be like that that to me is so ridiculous one of the most unfair um, things retail the industry has done to retail employees and i'm sure you've seen me rant about it on twitter is the fact that look it's cool that there's mandates it's cool that there's all these rules and regulations but by god get security in your stores quit quit expecting your hourly associate to police this shit you don't pay them enough as it is you sure as hell ain't paying them to be security that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And and it like like again, it, it's because people are getting aggressive and rude and, and calling names and and they're just so nasty. Like, yes, hire somebody who knows how to deal with that. Or again, just put somebody at the front door that looks intimidating so nobody's gonna try yeah, shit. Exactly. Right? Like like make it clear and and also just take the moral stand of saying, Hey, we get it. This pandemic sucks. Nobody wants to be here. Nobody wants to be doing this. But if we all mask up and are careful, we will have to do this for less time than we will if people are just running wild and yeah, doing whatever it, it they want. It turned into the wild, right? wild west. Absolutely. Like I'm the type of person that if I know a store has a mask mandate, I will. I am more likely to go in there and support those businesses than businesses that don't. And there are a lot of people like me out yeah. there. Like all the anxious people want to be in places where they know they will be safe because it's scary right, right. now. Right. And 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 like I said, my, you know, I really feel like you know this holiday season is going to be the breaking point. Um, I, I am. Absolutely. I am from. I'm kind of horrified with Black Friday being around the corner because I, th- I think this I year, and I hope I'm wrong, but with, with so many angry yeah. people and so many entitled people and then this wonderful supply chain issue we keep hearing about, you know, you know you're know, yeah. you going to have these people that are already unhinged, pissed off that they can't get little Johnny or little Susie their toy for, from Santa, and you've got right. just thousands of employees out there some making as little as 725 an hour 735 an hour expected to take that right you need security teams in these buildings absolutely 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 like people are again people have gone wild people have gone feral like they the the rules don't apply to them anymore and they're going to do whatever they want and they want they want a proper black friday and they want to be able to shop and not wear masks. And like I, again, to 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 expect to expect anybody to have to deal with that abuse, but especially people who are making less than ten dollars an hour, like that that is a, a cruelty I can't even fathom. Like I, I'm just yeah. Uh, Brain tag in the chat says holiday 2021 is going to give retail workers PTSD and shit. Oh. Oh, 100%. Just working during the pandemic, I had PT. Again, I had physical symptoms of of stress. Like th- this is I can't I can't even imagine. Like I I I wish I just kind of wish people would organize more and just walk out. Just just walk I, out of your jobs. Like I, everybody <laughs> collectively. I really strike. believe that this year, that this holiday season, that the, it's it's when it all comes to roost. Because the labor movement yeah. is such a big deal right now. And, yeah. I, you know, I really feel like we're at the precipice 
of retail breaking down completely because everybody's going to throw their hands up in unison and say, fuck this, we are out. And they should. Well, again, yeah, they 100% should. Again, people should have been doing this years ago with stagnating wages and corporate profits at record highs every year, you know, there needs to be more collective action. Um, but especially with the pandemic and like you mentioned, the supply chain issues, which, which we were feeling months ago and are, it's only oh, yeah. getting and, worse. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate. I have very patient children who don't really don't really ask oh, for a lot i mean i'm actually kind of blessed <laughs> that's great and uh, so yeah. you know the supply chain issues don't really bother me you know too much i, I get tired sure. of hearing people talk yeah. about it because there's not a damn thing any of us can do about it but you that's know it, right. if, if go learn how to drive a truck if you're that mad they need all the help they can get you know so it's like right I mean, talk about a labor shortage. I, I, I saw something on Twitter. I can't remember who posted it now, but it was talking about the long distance truckers and like what is happening now at the ports. It's like, oh, this is oh, terrifying. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I posted something in blame tag. If it was the thing where it was like the 20 year old, 20 year driver talking about what was going on out there. Yeah, that, 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 is, yeah. that is some serious reading because, you know, it's it, there's so much more to what's going on out there than trying to blame a political party and i don't talk politics on here but i just want to say that this shit's been piling up for a long time you know it's you can't you can't blame i mean really you can't blame anybody in washington for it i mean it 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 strictly is a labor issue on the coast and the ports you know so it's like yeah whatever yes yeah yeah, again, like you said, there are these issues in play that are beyond just a part, like party polit- politics. Like there are serious global mm-hmm. labor uh, capital issues that are in play right now and that are being exposed. Because like we, you know, most people, again, who talked about the global supply chain before all this, right? Like there's just a system that's in place that people like just take mm-hmm. for granted. And then you realize like, Oh, uh Oh, uh, you know, like, like cargo, uh, like boats are just like in port, can't get offloaded. Like, like the, again, every point where things that can break down, like they're all breaking down yep. right now. So you're just not seeing things that the way you we'll used be glad to. you're not having to sell toys right now because you might not be able to get them in. <laughs> uh, Again, that was an issue back yep. in March. So I can only imagine. I I knew I had to quit before the holidays anyway. That like, like trip to the Pacific Northwest like made a lot of things very mm-hmm. clear to me. But boy, I'm just terrified for anybody who's working in yep. retail right now. All righty. So we are sitting yeah. in an hour. Vanessa, we're going to have okay. you back on soon. Yes. Uh, please um guys anytime. seriously go check out her stuff man it's it's some impressive stuff like i said the the link to her website is uh in the description of the video um if you're into that kind of stuff i mean it, it's impressive i mean i i was telling her you know what were you saying like a hundred thousand rings or something like that that you had one yes yeah, so the the wedding dress on my site that is a hundred thousand rings. Um, there's a black ch- chainmail jacket with a red collar. That one is thirty thousand. Um, most are in the range of like ten to thirty thousand. My God, the, this lady needs <laughs> yeah. an award. So, all right, everybody. So uh, we got Thank coming you. up on Monday. We got Berserk. So that's going to be cool. 
that uh, that's going to be just a, a discussion. Oh, Hero wants to know how much does that dress weigh? Oh, uh, it's all anodized aluminum, so it only weighs about wow. Pounds. That's even better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, we got Berserk on Monday. Um, Wednesday we have our mental health night. So, Proto, um, we'll be getting with you guys you know, setting that up and whatnot. Um, and then I'm going to reschedule the target folks. So target workers unites coming up and then blame tag and I are anxiously awaiting an email delivery so we can exact our revenge on Mariah Carey, but there'll be more on that soon. So, uh, Vanessa, thank you so much for being on. We will have you on again. Uh, thanks to the chat for, uh, being as awesome as you always are. And, uh, we will see you next time guys.